What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Celebrate Herself podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to screenshot this, take an aesthetic pic or boomerang, post it on your IG story, tag me so I can repost, retweet, all of that. Today we have a cold brew from Starbucks simply because there was some kind of thing where if I got a certain amount of cold brews, I could get more stars. And I was like, I guess I have to, seriously. Like, what other choice do I have? Mercury is finally direct, and I just want to say what a relief. Every Mercury retrograde, I'm like, okay, bitch, it's literally fine. I'm like, you know, I know a little bit more about astrology than the average random Twitter account. So, like, it's not going to be a big deal, because I feel like sometimes it seems like everyone blames everything on the retrograde, and it's like that's not necessarily, like, how it works, But this one really was just so hard emotionally. And I didn't even anticipate that going into it. I even had a bro FaceTime me and say, you know, I don't really know much about retrogrades, but this one is really kicking my ass. (laughs) That what have I been saying for real? Like, it just... Like, to me, the whole time just felt like PMS. Because I even, you know, was not on my PMS time. And I still felt just, like, off. I just felt very, like, I wanted to stay at home. I mean, I still kind of feel like that. I guess we'll see. But it was, like, in a bad way. Like, I felt kind of, like, bored. And, like, I didn't want to be at home. But then anytime I would, like, try to do something, I just wanted to be at home. And... I mean, I, in general, you know, I like to be at home a lot. I'm not the type of person that constantly needs plans or, like, constantly needs to be trying something new or something or, like, I'm not adventurous. I can literally do my same routine every day and be completely happy with that. But it's, like, I like to, you know, live my life and I just, just everything felt off. And someone actually said something, like, because I posted something this morning that was you know, like, what was your takeaway from Mercury Retrograde? Like, what was the best and worst parts? And my girl Nicole said something like, um, the tone over texting being misconstrued. Like, it was something of that effect. I don't know. I don't remember exactly how she worded it, but it was like that. And I was like, no, literally. I just felt so, like, embarrassed. I was like, ew, this just, every interaction just felt awkward and, like, uncomfortable. It was just like, ew. So, you know, all these planets that were in retrograde are now direct. Um, and the rest of this year is supposed to be very much optimistic. Like, okay, finally we get some momentum in our goals and like our lives. And like, you know, everything doesn't feel so hard and like draining. Um, with that being said, it also is a Venus retrograde at, I think like, mid-December to mid-January, I think. Um, So that's like a whole other ballpark, but let's like not think about that for now. But what I will talk about is the Aries full moon that was on Wednesday. As of recording this, it's going to be in two days. As the day this goes live, it was yesterday. So Aries full moon... This is from InStyle, but I was watching this girl, Alina Alive, really 
thorough, great video. This was my first time ever watching her, but I really liked how just like to the point she was and she had some journal prompts at the end, which I think is amazing because I always like kind of have it in my mind like, oh, I should like journal this new moon or full moon or whatever. But sometimes without a prompt, it's just like, okay, I literally think so many things. Sometimes I don't feel something enough to like be compelled to write it, write about it or journal about it. So these prompts are really helpful. So I'm going to read them for you, but you all should definitely check out her channel. Again, this is the first and only video I've watched of hers, but I really liked it. Um, so this is from InStyle.com, and it's basically just talking about how, you know, Aries, obviously, as we know, is like a fire sign. And so the full moon, uh, with the moon in Aries, the need to take assertive action around something you're passionate about, it could be, you know, an emotional conversation or a career goal, will be particularly intense and laced with impulsivity. Um, so it, it it's going to be a very energetic moon. And, you know, that could be, you know, a, a crazy thing or like, I guess I to put it simply like a bad thing. But if you are able to like, you know, direct it inward and like deal with things in yourself I think it's less likely to like affect your outer world and like outer experience does that make sense um Pluto will also no the moon will also be squaring to Pluto which is you know a planet of death rebirth and transformation so it's just that also adds to like the like very fiery but also like very emotional and like I don't know unstable like bringing up old underlying feelings um power struggles calling this moment intense is an understatement um so basically the takeaway is to slow down and not act irrationally um, by doing your best to get what af get after what you want in a careful and thoughtful way, leaning into opportunities for transformation and being unafraid to burn down anything that is no longer serving you, this full moon could mark a gratifying turning point. Like I always say, the full moon is when the tea comes out, you know, um, so it's more so about, <laughs> I hate to say, realizations. I literally had enough. I don't want to realize anymore. Um... But, you know, like, things coming up, feelings coming up. Um, and especially with it being in Aries, I think it's, like, it might feel even more like, oh, I need to have this conversation now or I need to do this or I'm feeling this, I need to act on it. So by journaling, slowing down, chilling out, um, processing our emotions in, like, a constructive way, I think it's less likely to be so crazy. Um, so then you can look up on different websites, like, how it'll affect your specific sign. But I think a better more specific way to know is like how it affects your specific natal chart because that's going to be very specific to you. You know what I mean? Um, so the prompts, the journal prompts, and you should watch her video to get the full tea. And I think she has like, I think she sells journals, which is really cute and other stuff. But I know like she does these journal prompts because she's like, oh, turn to this page in your journal, which that's cute. Um, what practices help you process or release heavier emotions is there anything you'd like to release during this full moon how do you see yourself putting these intentions into action 
Was that it? I think that was it. I think it was just three. So yeah, it's more so about realizing, feeling, and then releasing. So let me know the vibes. Um, but y'all were saying some really funny things about Mercury retrograde. So I just wanted to read a few of them. I was posting them on my story, but there were some really funny ones. I didn't post these ones because it just got to be a lot. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know my whole story. Um, best is the, po this is really good. Best, because so I asked what was your best and worst parts of Mercury retrograde. Best is the post retrograde clarity. Worst was what it took to arrive there. That's like so true, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> Meeting a cancer man, best slash worst, bro literally so true like i love cancers or like especially when a guy not even if a guy is a cancer but like if he has cancer in his chart like i just always love that i just love a water sign like please or you know if they have water in their chart um but yeah they can definitely especially cancer men like it's just like you can always just tell when someone's a like when a bro specifically is a cancer like they all act the same no offense no offense but they do like <laughs> oh my god so i know exactly what you mean is what i'm trying to say i kept skipping my classes for no reason even though i knew i, sh I knew i shouldn't it'd be like that mental health every day was the worst with the 100 emoji dude literally dude also i like doing this because it's like you just realize we were all going through the same shit you know or even just the realization of like everyone hates their life sometimes or like <laughs> you know because especially when you feel down and bad it's like so hard to be rational in your brain and be like like remind yourself like oh this is temporary or like you know everyone goes through this or no one else's life is perfect you know because even it's like okay i know this person on instagram like their life doesn't actually look like this but then it's like if i'm not feeling good like or i'm feeling down or upset I don't, like, I'm not going to be able to tell myself that, you know? I don't know. Um, I'm a quad Libra, and this was the least traumatic retrograde for me in a while. Really happy for you. Um, best slash worst, realizing I'm not always the crazy emotional one, and my boyfriend is a bad communicator. Mm, T. Having a new love interest not work out for the best, though. Feel that one. <laughs> my iPhone telling me I don't have enough storage bro so true <laughs> buying my first car and finding out i was being scammed and it doesn't work oh my god oh my god bro i hooked up with my ex and it was great worst part i cut bangs oh my god <laughs> slept with my ex a lot of people like got back with their ex or hooked up with their ex or ran into their ex like that was a reoccurring theme um Oh my god, someone said their friend almost died. Yeah, it's like funny because it's like ran out of space on my iPhone to like, I almost died. My friend almost passed away. It's like trigger warning. The best of my life, followed by a perg garnancy scare. Oh my god, feel that. It's always after the best times. <laughs> oh my god. You know when you're like okay. I don't, I don't think this is like too niche, but you know, when you're like looking through your snap maps and there's just like a pick up a pregnancy test and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> TBT. 
Bumping into two X-flings in the same night. Hilarious. Literally classic. Leaving my ex was the worst and best thing. Good for you, though. Um, wow. So, yeah, you guys get the vibe. Um, so let me know down below if you didn't already submit one. Like, what did you go through? What was your best and worst moments or realizations? Did you get back with your ex? Like, let me know. Something I've been thinking about for a while, I feel. But then I found this account on TikTok that... Literally, she made a video specifically about it. At What's My Body Doing on TikTok. Um, and the topic, I guess, is performance during sex and self-objectification. So she made this video talking about... Well, you know, first of all, let's back up even further. The classic rates of orgasm during sex, particularly in cishet women and i forget what the exact statistic is but i think it's only like seven percent of women orgasm regularly with male partners and then it like increases for female partners and it's up a lot more when you know you're just by yourself so there can definitely be a lot of reasons for this you know not being completely comfortable with the person you're with, being stressed out so you're not able to fully relax, um, not really knowing your body. But I think the main reason, and I think we could all relate, is the way that we're taught about sex and the way that we typically first experience sex, if not you know, currently still, is very... focus on the man. <laughs> it's very just all about that. And it's like, we are typically just an accessory to that. Um, also, as women, you know, we are very objectified in our society from the time we're very young and, you know, just the things that we see in media, movies, um, our own experiences like being catcalled. So we're very objectified and therefore we begin to objectify ourselves. So this can look like, you know, asking ourselves or living by, you know, how do I look rather than how do I feel or what is my body capable of? And the TikTok user references this specific article that was all about that. I tried to look it up so I could read it for myself, but you needed like a academic login. <laughs> so I was like, oh. This isn't for me. <laughs> okay. Um, so self-objectification or objectification, you know, is the experience of being treated as a sexual object or, a, you know, a body that exists for the pleasure of others. Um, other ways that this can come out, and I actually did screen shot it. So in dating, let's just start with that. The female traditional, you know, heteronormative roles are to be nice and selfless you know, put everybody else before yourself. I always think of the example of Vinny's mom in the original Jersey Shore, and they're describing her, and this is also very traditional Italian, like Catholic, um, but they're, I think it's in season two, but they're just describing Vinny's mom, how she comes to the house and she serves everybody before herself. She, she puts everybody before herself. Vinny's talking about how they, you know, grew up, and, you know, she, she they're like, but they're like praising her for it. Like, wow, like I think Snooki even says like, that's the kind of woman I want to be, 
you know, they're like looking up to that because it is very traditional and, you know, the ideal, I guess. So very selfless. Um, and then uh, it's like, obviously as a mother, you have to put like your children before your yourself. Um, but then it extends beyond that in our society. It's like, you're, we're typically putting everyone before ourselves and it can even be little interactions. Like, I don't know. I just always feel like at the gym, you know, it's like if I'm in an area, like I'm very self-conscious of this amount of space I'm taking up and I'm like making sure that not like, oh, is this guy over here comfortable? But it's like, oh, am I getting in his way? You know, it's like, and in a way I'm kind of, that's kind of like putting, it's one thing to just be polite, but then it's like, okay, well, he's, is he thinking that about me? You know, like, I know I'm not taking up too much space. Like, why am I worried? Like if I'm in his way, you know, things like that, <laughs> like little things. Um, so other female traditional roles in, why does it feel like this isn't plugged in, bro? Is it? I guess it is. <laughs> um, modest, prioritizing romantic relationships, purity or sexual fidelity, investing in our appearance, dependent and emotional. Male roles can look like emotionally controlled, dominant, non-relational attitudes towards sex, um, anti-homosexuality, things like that. And then traditional sexual roles for female, set sexual limits, act sexually passive, use body and looks to attract men, seek stability and emotional investment, minimize our own desire. And then the male roles, actively pursue sexual relationships, experience sexual feelings as uncontrollable. Boys will be boys. Um, put your shoulders away, girls. Avoid commitment and emotional attachment. Treat women as sexual objects. Be demanding in sexual situations. Reject homosexual feelings or feminine behavior. And that's in quotations. Um, so this, this is kind of the lens through which we look at dating and relationships and sex. And it's taught to us sometimes directly, but I feel like also very indirectly. Again, through movies, through media. Um, I always... I feel like with anything, like if we're talking about patriarchy, if we're talking about history, um, I think was it in the last episode or two episodes ago when we were talking about Columbus Day and I was referencing the Lies My Teacher Told Me book and you know how history is so often taught to us through this like fairy tale light. So I always kind of go back to, you know, Disney movies and, you know, fairy tales and especially Disney, because I feel like original, like Grimm's fairy tales were very like dark, <laughs> but kind of that Disney-fied, like, just very like, this is how life is. And those are usually some of the first examples we see. It's like the first media or movies that we consume as children and kind of like leads us on like toward, like to the rest of like, like that, it's a gateway drug, honestly, okay? <laughs> like, this is how, relationships should be every little girl dreams about her happily ever after and we're all you know chased by a prince um <laughs> things of that nature these ways in which we're socialized are also taught to us socially so it can look like you know a little boy falls down and his parents tell him oh boys don't cry like stop being emotional stop being a little girl like you're not a girl um you know rejecting in quotations again, feminine behavior, um, or 
you know, if a girl wants, like, I don't, ew, I remember trigger warning, but there was a Ace family vlog where, like, Austin got mad or, like, like, obviously not super mad because it's, like, they want to be perfect in their vlogs, but he was, like, uncomfortable with the fact that one of the little girls was wearing, like, a two-piece, like, swimsuit. And it's, like, it's not like it was a sexy swimsuit. It was obviously a baby swimsuit, but it just was two in two pieces. And it's, like, you're already putting these, like, like, oh, it's, like, you need to be modest. You need to, like, and it's, like, why are you sexualizing, like, a two-year-old or a three-year-old? You know, like, that's your own personal issues. Um, so it really, like, starts, like, we absorb all of this as we're growing up and developing, and so it makes sense that then that's, like, how we, those are, the, like, the preconceived notions we have when we start to date and, like, you know, function in the real world. Um, so then when it doesn't work for us, especially as women, you know, it could be, like, well, why isn't this working? And it's, like, because it was never designed to work. It wasn't for us. And in a lot of ways, it's harmful to men as well. But I sometimes feel like it's like, okay, men also benefit from patriarchy in some ways. So to take focus away from like not just women, but like other people who don't benefit from it, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, well, patriarchy is bad for men. It's like, okay, but they, I don't think they care because they benefit from it in so many ways as well. And that's like a whole nother conversation. But anyway. So I guess the point of all of that was we live in a society. And so it makes sense that we, so this is like the same article. So it makes sense that women come to value their bodies in observable appearance-based terms. Again, for example, how do I look rather than in non-observable competence-based terms, such as how do I feel or what am I physically capable of? And, you know, this, it goes on to say, she just had like green screened it behind her. So it's not like I can read the whole article, but I see them talking about, you know, shame and anxiety, um, eating disorders, like all of those types of things. So, oh, it really sounds like this is like not plugged in, but I know it is. Hopefully it's fine. Really really hope it's fine maybe it's these headphones or something i don't know anyway um so all of this is you know relevant because i just feel like so many women don't have good experiences when it comes to casual sex specifically and sex in general um i saw a tweet that i just will always remember because they just phrased it so perfectly Um, but it was something, I wish I could remember the exact phrasing again, but it was something along the lines of like, casual sex would be a cute idea if we lived, you know, in some kind of fantasy world where men respected women and actually cared about our sexual experience instead of like, you know, just using our bodies basically to masturbate with. Um, but we don't live in that world. We have to deal with what we've got. Um... And I just feel like that's so true. Um, It's even like, I know people have experiences where it's like, okay, let me try to communicate with my partner. And then the man like, doesn't want to hear it, like doesn't care, like 
you know and so it's like bro like you really just don't care like you're really just here for your own nut like that's crazy so why am i here like what do i gain from this seriously so i feel like having a better sex life or at least you know achieving orgasm it really comes down well it comes down to a lot of things but i feel like you know specifically with the idea of like performing you know and like oh sometimes it's hard to relax and enjoy myself because I'm just like focused on how I look or like looking sexy to my partner or pleasuring them and it's not to say like oh don't don't like give to your partner too but I just feel like especially in hetero relationships um it's just like we're too much like (laughs) too focused on that um and then I feel like with porn too it's like we we want to make sure we look good like you know, the amount of women that are insecure being on top just because of, like, how they look. And it's, like, it shouldn't be about that, bro. Like, that takes you... And I'm not, like, saying, oh, that's bad that you feel like that. But it's just, like, the fact that we do feel like that and, like, like we're in these circumstances in which we feel like that. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, like, bro, like, fuck. Like, it takes you out of your body, you know, and out of the moment. And you're, like, your mind... You're, like, too much in your mind and your thoughts and, like anxieties and insecurities and that's like what you're focused on and not like feeling pleasure or like sharing this experience um so coming back to mindfulness i feel like is really important and in this book come as you are which i love this book i've read it so many times it's like amazing but she has this whole section about mindfulness um And this was more so about trauma and trauma and sexual relationships. But Loki, I feel like this could be trauma for some people. Um, But there's like a two minute meditation where, you know, you you start with two minutes. Um, Direct. I'm just going to read it for two minutes a day. Direct your attention to your breath. The way the air comes into your body and your chest and belly expand and the way your breath leaves your body and your chest and belly deflate. The first thing that will happen is your mind will wander to something else. That's normal, that's healthy, and that's actually the point. Notice that your mind wandered. Let those extraneous thoughts go. You can return to them as soon as the two minutes are up. And allow your attention to return to your breath. Noticing that your mind wandered and then returning to your attention of your breath is the real work of mindfulness. It's not so much about paying attention to your breath as it is about noticing what you're paying attention to without judgment and making a choice about whether you want to pay attention to it. What you're mindful of is both your breath and your attention to your breath. By practicing the skill of noticing what you're paying attention to, you're teaching yourself to be in control of your brain so that your brain is not in control of you. Bringing yourself back into your body, you know, and especially with achieving orgasm, it's not about focusing on the end goal. It's about mindfulness. As, like, low-key funny as that sounds, like, (laughs) imagine you're having sex, you're like, wait, can I just, like, practice the mindfulness right now? (laughs) Um, But it's about, like, focusing on the pleasure in the moment, and then eventually that will happen or it won't. But at that, if you're, like, truly in the moment and feeling pleasure in the moment and enjoying yourself in the moment, like, it's like, does it even necessarily really matter? And then you know when, like, I've seen a lot of TikToks about this, too, but you know when... Like, the dude... Is this, like, too raunchy for YouTube? When the dude's like, oh, like... 
like tells you to and you're like bro it just kind of like adds pressure on you and like stress and so you're like what the fuck is your problem like you know i hope <laughs> i would just say directly but i don't know like you two be straight um and i low-key i feel like a lot of that too is from porn and just thinking that women i mean some women can but thinking women can just orgasm like in two seconds with like just putting it <laughs> with like no for like nothing um and then also i feel like from previous partners faking it which like not to blame because sometimes you just got to do what you got to do and it's like hey, let me just get out of this situation because sometimes like saying you didn't just like is annoying they get annoying and then it's like okay the moment's passed i'm not even like aroused anymore and then you're like trying to do something and it's just like i want to leave at this point but it's just like, so i feel like it's like okay also you can practice all the mindfulness you want but if you're not with someone that like cares that's just all gonna go to waste so choose your partners wisely like for real um also like not i, I was like should i share this because first of all is this like too horny to share because I don't mean it in a horny way but also what if someone steals my idea but I was just thinking one day <laughs> I was just thinking one day like damn like you know those dudes that like be in your dms and maybe you're like acquaintances or it's like a friend of a friend or like it's not someone you've ever been with but it's like obvious they're like interested in you and you're just like hmm what if they like, there's kind of a curiosity, but I'm not so curious that I'm going to try, you know? So I was just, like, thinking. And again, not literally in a science way. Like, imagine if there was, like, a show like The Bachelor, but instead it was, like, all these dudes that want to hit, but we had to go through, like, a screening process and, like, like whoever gave the best head gets to hit in the end like because <laughs> it would truly be like <laughs> a competition and then it's like they would all like you don't do anything to them like they, they don't <laughs> they just have to purely <laughs> like 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 not in a horny way like <laughs> i think it'd be kind of interesting but then it'd be like funny like if it was like a show like I don't know how you would, it would have to be like a, an OnlyFans DIY type of show. But like, imagine it was like kind of comical and you're like, like the girl would be like, um, yeah, so he, actually I think Sonya said this, but she, like she's like, imagine the girl would be like, oh yeah, like he tried this new thing and like, I just don't know what he was doing. Like it was such a turnoff and then it cuts to the guy and he's like, yeah, I really think I did a good job with that. Like, cause also so many dudes think they're good at giving head and they're terrible. And again, I think it just comes down to like, they're replicating something they saw in porn and or the girls they've done this to in the past have just like faked it and been like yeah that was bomb like love that babe it's like again don't blame them but let's we gotta stop lying because it's making it harder for everyone <laughs> fuck um so just like imagine i'm gonna i'm gonna do that no one take my idea <laughs> Cause like I I don't want to like I'm not gonna risk fucking like no because 
chances are it's probably not going to be a good time. But if we could go through a screening process, you know what I mean? Like, this is, mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just like, like, let's like work through this scientifically and logically, you know, like, how do women have better sex? <laughs> anyway, um, let me know your thoughts. <laughs> so then, so I was kind of thinking about this, like, throughout Mercury retrograde, I guess, and just, like, ew, like, I just, I'm so not interested in casual sex, like, I just really, I'm not, and I just was feeling very exhausted when it came to dating, because I just feel like, like, not that I had, like, a whole bunch of, like, bad experiences that, I mean, I definitely have, but, like, also, it's not, like, necessarily recently, but I think just feeling, like, uh, like, so many, like, there's just, just, so many red flags to look out for and I just feel like so many bros especially bros like in my demographic age group are just very like not in the same type of vibe as me you know we gotta worry about being roofied just constantly having to set boundary after boundary I was just feeling very overwhelmed exhausted and over it um you know just like really having to be on guard it's just it gets to be very annoying um if especially if you're not like I don't know sometimes it's like fun and it's like oh meeting new people like having experience and sometimes I'm very in the mindset of like oh you know like this is just giving me experience I'm learning about myself through these experiences through these people and that's great that's what life's about self-growth Sometimes it's, like, not like that. Like, I'm, like, I'm exhausted. This is terrible. I never want to talk to a man again. This is disgusting. So then, this is, like, I guess a Mercury retrograde realization because now I don't really feel so negative about it. Another TikTok I saw from, I was, like, looking for her at, and I was, like, this is great. And then I was thinking about how at names have kind of, like, gone back to, like, chat room, like, MySpace days. Her at was Asian Bimbo 69 on TikTok. And she made this whole, like, three-minute rant about vetting guys, she, well, I think the, like, thesis statement or, you know, the topic of the video was how to not be ghosted if you hit on the first date, if you let it, if you let a guy hit on the first date. And she was like, that never happens to me, but this is why. She's just talking about how, you know, I guess like things to look for, like red flags and basically how you just have to be very firm with your boundaries and not, like, block them and don't go any further at the sign of the first red flag. So she gave examples like, you know, if if you're messaging on a dating app or on Instagram and he says anything remotely sexual, especially before you've even like gone on a date, block. He just wants to use you for your body. No. Um, if he makes it awkward at all or tries to get you to split the bill, never talk to him again. Um... If he's, like, too touchy, there's just, like, a lot of things. And it's just, like, so true. Like, ew, like, men do not, oh, my God. It's like, are you guys dumb? Like, do I need to teach a class? Like, because even, it's like, okay, some guys are just, like, literal creeps and disgust. But also, it's like, sometimes I'm like, do you guys, like, I feel like you're just doing this because it's worked for you in the past. And I feel like it's only worked for you in the past because the women you've, 
talked to or dated have just been uncomfortable and gone along with it. So you think it's like, this is what we do, but this is not what we do. So, God. Um, so just like leaving at the red, leaving at the first red flag and being very firm with your boundaries. And therefore, if you do that and don't bend your boundaries at all, it doesn't necessarily have to be an exhausting experience because it's not going to be this long drawn out thing of disappointment. You know, you're like, you agree to go on a date with someone because they are not showing you any red flags. And it's just like, you know, use your common safety tips and your spotting of the red flags and you'll be fine. I mean, like, obviously, like, there's literal murderers. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, just in a basic everyday situation. It's like not a joke, though. We laugh to keep from crying, for real. Um, so also, I don't know if I need to put a trigger warning. I mean, I'm not going to talk about anything too crazy. Anything could be a trigger warning, to be honest, in this episode. Trigger warning essay, kind of, but it's not going to be in detail. But then I saw this video of this girl talking about how she, she went on a date with a guy and he wanted her to come over after and she was like mm, i don't know because i don't want to do anything with you and he was like no it'll be fine classic scam classic scam like classic scam bro like they will say anything to get you to come over they'll like promise that they're not going to touch you and they like will start touching you as soon as you enter their home like um so but i'm so glad the story ended good so that's why i'm like i don't know if this needs a trigger warning so they started watching a movie. He's immediately trying to hook up with her. She's like, no, please stop. She sits further away. He gets like mad. She's like, chill out. He starts trying to hook up with her more. And then she's like, I felt awkward. Like, do I just leave? And then she just was like, I'm going to leave. He walked her out, thank God, uh, and then slammed the door. And again, this is after her saying like, um, I'm not doing anything with you and him agreeing to that. Dude, can't say I haven't been in this situation. I definitely have. Um, I actually had to kick someone out of my place once and it was really horrible and just disgusting. And luckily nothing crazy happened or like nothing happened. But like I stopped it before I got to that point. But I'm just, thank God I was able to stop it and he didn't like try to assault me further. But it's just like, I feel like that's such a common occurrence of... A woman saying, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And the man agreeing. So it's like, okay, I want to trust you. And then they still try or they still try to convince you or whatever. Um, and that's still not okay. So like, and I hesitate to even say this because I don't want to blame the girl at all. But I will say, because it's happened to me too. And what I've learned is just, if I know for a fact that I don't want to do anything or, you know, maybe I'd be down to do some stuff, but not like everything. I don't even put myself in the situation anymore just because I'm so over these dudes lying. And like, and the thing is, if someone's actually cool and like a decent, respectable man, like they will respect that, you know? Um... Like, I don't want someone that just wants to come over or that just wants me to come over. Like, you know, 
so if it, part of the fear of saying no is like, oh, what if I don't see him again? Or he thinks I'm like a prude or like, oh, I don't want to be rude. It's like someone who is respectable won't think those things. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is just my PSA. First of all, you don't need a quote unquote good reason to leave a situation if you're uncomfortable. The fact that you're feeling uncomfortable or like having the thought in your brain that, oh, I should leave is a good enough reason, especially if you're in a situation like that, but really in any situation. Um, because I just, you just have to think there's been times, even if it's like just times with your friend or maybe, you know, on a past date with someone that you really liked, like you're not having those thoughts of like, oh, I need to leave. Like I should leave. I want I don't want to be here. Like, you know, so trust that. And again, it really does come back. This, even this comes back to mindfulness being in your body and like recognizing when your body is telling you that you need to get the fuck out of a situation. Um, and this also is not to like shame or blame anyone if you don't listen to that or if you go along with something because you're uncomfortable because we've all fucking done it. And it's not our fault because we were put in an uncomfortable potentially dangerous situation and we wouldn't like when you're threatened like that like you're not always thinking clearly logically like you're just kind of like trying to survive through it um and that's really like what it comes down to um but for me I know like the more I've practiced again I guess mindfulness and like putting myself back in my body and learning to trust my intuition and put my own feelings and safety before anyone else's, especially a man and especially a man that I don't know that well, you avoid so many bad situations. Like, oh my God. So I just wanted to touch on that. And again, I hope it doesn't seem like I'm like, well, maybe she had listened to herself. She wouldn't be in it. Cause she did listen to herself in the end. And also I do not mean that at all because again of what I just said, like disclaimer. And I've fucking been through shit like that too. And it's terrible. PSA, if this is something else I've learned this year, okay? Not even a Mercury retrograde realization, but just a realization. If I'm ever like, mm, about a date or a guy, but then I'm like, oh, I should just go see, like maybe it'll be a funny story or like, you know, maybe I'll just give him a chance. It's something to do, whatever. It never turns out well. Like never, it never has. It's never been worth it. It's always been a bad time. So there was... I think I might have even talked about this. I don't know. I don't know. But I went on a date with this guy. He, oh my God. First of all, he was late to the date, which that's never happened to me before. Like, what? Like, literally what? It was so awkward. Um, and it, also, this is just funny because it's like, there's just so many different red flags. Like, for some, like, this dude, like, picked a date, a time a place he made reservations at this nice rooftop like I was like oh amazing like it's not just like oh come over like can I come over like let's watch a movie <laughs> so I was like oh okay this is a green flag he's late and then the whole day he only talked about himself it was like actually shocking like I was like this is like crazy <laughs> and then he's like so we eat whatever and I'm just like I want to go home so bad like <laughs> Not that I was like uncomfortable at that point, but I was just so like, this is a bad time. Like this is just not an enjoyable experience. Like this is so boring. And 
Like, are you dumb? Like, how? Like, he wouldn't ask me anything about myself. Like, I did not. <laughs> I was just, like, amused. Like, it was so weird. And then we finish um, dinner. And then he's like, oh, well, I live actually right down the block. Like, I make a great margarita if you want to come check out my rooftop. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I don't go to strangers' houses. And then he was like, oh, well, I just really like you. I don't want the night to end yet. And I'm just thinking, like, how do you know you like me? You don't know anything about me. You haven't asked me about myself at all. I've probably talked, like, 10% of this whole day. You've talked 90%. And so I'm just like, like, I was astounded. Like, this was literally comical to me because I just feel like that especially, especially is just such, like, a clear, like, like, I'm just so far past that. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe if I was, like, freshly 18, I would be a little more stupid in that situation. But I feel like that's just such, like, a, you're, you literally look dumb to me. Like, <laughs> I'm laughing at you, actually. Um... So yeah, terrible, horrible, like, I did not, I said no. <laughs> um, but the point is, like, I think it's also interesting to say no, especially on a first date or when you're in that first dating stage, getting to know someone, because even if they have no red flags, it's like, you, like they say, like, you really don't know someone until you've traveled with them, until there's money involved, until you've been, until you've seen them angry, until you've been through a really stressful time with them. Um, so someone can seem great, but it's like, okay, then what if I say no to you? Like, how are you going to react? And this guy was like very, very salty and like, just kept trying to convince me to come over or like to do something or like, oh, we could go to this bar. We could like do this. And I just was like, like, oh, already trying to make plans with me again later the, that week. And it's like, about yourself this whole day you're trying to get me to come over when I've literally said no I literally said no and now you're trying to make more plans with me and it's like you don't even know me <laughs> you haven't asked me anything about myself like you don't know me at all oh my god <laughs> luckily it wasn't it didn't get to the point where it was like unsafe or anything but it just was such an unpleasant time like I was like wow I really I was right like I was kind of like ugh, I don't really want to go <laughs> And I went, and it was a horrible time. But, I mean, I guess it's a, it's an amusing story now. But it's just like... So, that's another little tip for you. Um, say no to someone. Like, even if things are going well. Say no to something that maybe you would normally say yes to, just to see how they react, like, seriously. And that goes for friendships, too, or really, like, anything. Because, especially if you're like me, and you're trying to work on, like, setting more boundaries, take up, take up more space, and, like, put your own feelings or needs before others that's a great little test even if it's uncomfortable and scary like it's worth it anyway people are fucking horrifying and disgusting <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah my mercury retrograde realization is that people are gross <laughs> and i don't want to talk to them <laughs> just kidding there's a lot of great people in this world but you just gotta know how to find the how to find them among the people who are just acting like cool you know I guess that's all I have to talk about today <laughs> let me know your thoughts on anything down below I'll try and link as much stuff that I referenced from this video as I can in the description 
And let me know what you want me to discuss in next week's episode. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to post this on your IG story and tag me so I can repost. And I will talk to you guys next time.